4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is Cues of the Force. The "Cues" stands for questions. What else could it stand for? Lots of things, but it doesn't. It stands for questions. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
5: I'm Ken Napsuk. As always, happy to answer the questions, and sometimes I answer them, you know, <laughs> I, I, I actually answer the questions. Sometimes I go off into the wilderness and find my way back to the path.
4: Well, let's see if we can stay on the path or if, in fact, there is no path and we are meant. The Force wants us to just wander in the wilds of the woods uh, on Star Wars mm-hmm. questions. As always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As Ken pointed out on a recent episode, Who has an MP3 player? Who is clinging to their iPod Nano at this moment? I'm sure a ton of people. Those were very beloved. Anyway, if you have an iPod Nano or any other device... We are recommending Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. It is a great book, but it's also just a really fun one to look at right now uh, during the little Leia celebration that's going on mm-hmm. in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. This book catches up with Leia when she is a little bit older, but man, does it line up with what we see of Alderaan and Brea and Bale and all sorts of exciting stuff. So to download mm-hmm. your free audiobook today, you can go to audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for a free audiobook. It helps us and hey, You'll get a free audio book. Uh, Ken, any thoughts on
5: Audible? <laughs> I love them and it helps support the show. <laughs> I also love that book so, 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 so much. Um, I uh, um, just love uh, what they're doing with Little A and all the stuff. But I was excited to learn recently. I, I didn't know. I think it was through uh, was Simone Kessel, who is the the actor uh, playing Breho Organa, that that was up in Lake Arrowhead, not too far from us, Joseph. So if we want to travel to... Alderaan, we can do it. We just got to get we in the can, car and go. We can take a weekend trip to Arrowhead.
4: We, and We got to be careful to do it when we don't need chains on our tires, right?
5: Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, many stories as a kid, uh, you know, we used to go up to Lake, Green Valley Lake all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's take a trip to Arrowhead. Yeah. That's, <laughs>
4: we can cosplay and, and chase one another through the woods, uh, reenacting yeah. scenes yeah. of Alderon. It'll yeah. be great fun. <laughs>
5: I'll do the slide. I'll hurt my ankle. You can be flea.
4: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I already forgot that we got the beauty of a star field and then just in beautiful blue letters. Flee. Flea. I wish they had <laughs> said flea from Red Hot Chili Pepper. That would have been <laughs> even better. All right. We are having some fun today already, and we haven't even got to the questions, but we're going to get to them now. We always take two questions from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. We're going to go first to Twitter and to our old listener friend, Yuval Aisler, uh, whose name I think we have yet to master our apologies on the pronunciation. Uh, Yuval says, the Clone Wars caught the Jedi in a cycle of fear and violence. I recently rewatched Star Wars Rebels. Yoda uh, told Ezra that fear and anger got to him. Yoda,
5: how did Yoda,
4: with all his experience and knowledge, let that get to him? Yes, it's a lifetime struggle. It's human. But of all people, Yoda lives so long that you would think that he is supposed to know how to get it under control. I don't blame Yoda for that, but I need you to justice for the Jedi it a little for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thank you to you all for the great question and uh, for recognizing that this is something that we're really interested in, particularly when we talk about the prequel era of justice for the Jedi, acknowledging that they made some mistakes, some bad ones. But also trying to see it from their perspective and see how they were trying at moments to sort of cling to their ideals and where and how they fell from them. And this question, Ken, of how did Yoda give in to fear and anger, uh, that really lines up with what we like to talk about for justice for the Jedi. So, where do you go
5: with this? Man, this is I, I, I love this, and and you've all I, I brought up some clips of, of rebels and try to take some notes and, and just try to go where my heart led me on, on Yoda and, and what Yoda might be saying or what might he might be acknowledging with that stuff with Ezra. And, and I go back to the fall during that time, the fall of the Republic into the empire and just the clone war and everything that, that led up to that and led into him giving, um, giving into that stuff. I, I to me, everything spiraled out of control. A- a- and when you're surrounded by evil, it just it's just going to separate you farther and farther from the light, right? This is, mm. You could even say, hey, connection, the, the themes of connection in the sequel trilogy that are so important and, and powerful, uh, the, the, they win by making you think you're alone, all that kind of stuff. I, you can look at it from different angles. But uh, uh, Ahsoka says this to Ezra, as, as the Clone War dragged on, he carried a great burden, a deep sorrow, as if he knew before anyone else that one time was ending and another beginning. So I wonder if, in, in giving into that, um, and, and Yoda says a little bit later, he starts a sentence with Ezra saying in our arrogance. So he was just very aware of the overall big picture. There's several moments in the prequels where he's saying that, Hey, this new crop is, uh, you know, they got some hubris in them. We got to watch for that. Uh, paraphrasing of mm-hmm. course. Um, <laughs> so you got, um, up to that point in his life, including stuff we're learning in the high Republic era, a lot of mistakes, a lot of trials, Uh, you've all, you're correct. It's, uh, it's part of it. It's a lifetime struggle, but nothing as catastrophic as this final fall. And I think the weight of that going into it, the burden coming out of it and just being in that overwhelming spiraling out of control spot that he was in, I think it was just going to be, it's almost foregone conclusion. You might give in to a little bit of fear and and, in the end, uh, and we can, uh, I'll hand it over to you, but uh, how he's, had to learn to, to focus, uh, focus on how to fight and looking back mm-hmm. on how we should have fought and how we should have uh, dealt with this, obviously. And, and then knowing that hope can be alive in others after the fall that hope lives on. we just got to find it. Uh, maybe it's part of the lesson there too, as well. But a lot, a lot of Yoda thoughts, a lot of, uh, I wish we had Yoda to Q and A with us.
4: <laughs> to help guide us. I think this would be a really great uh, NPR type interview of like, take us into your thoughts, Yoda. In this moment yes. of the prequels, um, yeah, this is the the moment where where Yoda uh, gives Ezra guidance that it's important how we fight, right?
5: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
4: Yeah, so I I think for me, so much uh, going on in this question, it, it's so great. I think in just in real world terms, I think a part of what the story is is that, uh, as you've always asking, like Yoda's had you know uh, centuries to master this, and I think. Age is an advantage at mastering your fears and anger and weakness. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also think age can be a weakness because complacency can set in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that just like in careers I've had. Right. Where like um, sometimes I'll feel like, well, I know a lot about theater or I know a lot about sketch comedy because I went through all that and I learned. Uh, but then a complacency can set in. It's like, I know everything about that. And then someone younger will maybe come to me for advice and I'll have to couch it as this is what I learned 20 years ago, Mm. but maybe it doesn't make as much sense anymore. Or maybe I'm just overly confident that I already know the answer to this challenge, uh, Mm. because I, I beat it once. And I think that strength and weakness of age, Uh, the weakness mainly being complacency is a big part of yoda's story uh, of why he gave into fear and anger during the clone wars era um there's that great arc at at the end of season six of clone wars that we had a ton of fun discussing on the clone wars report and i think it's really explicitly about yoda's complacency he is asked on his journey to uh discover how to retain one's consciousness within the force he's being guided by those force priestesses on this and they're like well you got to You got to master your, your fear and your anger and your attachment. And Yoda's like, uh, been there, done that. Thanks. You know, that's complacency. And then when he confronts his, his, uh, terrifying and kind of funny golem like dark side, you know, the, that that dark side tells him like, you think you've mastered me, but you've quietly been feeding me Mm because you're at war. Um, and of course by nature, a war is going to feed. fear and anger and yoda kind of steps out of it going i got complacent i thought because i mastered it once it's mastered or because i've mastered it over his lifetime 800 times yeah uh, that it's this complacency that allows it to to seep in because you assume you know the answer
5: yeah it's the leveling up factor Uh, you know i've leveled up i've got the armor i need i got the xp points i'm good
4: I'm good. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Jedi master. I'm in charge of the council. I have been, mm. you know, for years and hundreds of years, I'm good, you know, and Yoda, the better part of Yoda, knowing I always have to examine this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so that, that's kind of my, my big picture. I think in this particular instance, his age and his mastery is almost a weakness because it can lead to complacency. Um, yeah. and then for like the specifics of the, of the clone wars, You know, I think it's fascinating that Yoda knows war is not the answer, right? The famous line at the end of Attack the Clones about the shroud of the dark side has fallen. Um, But why does he commit then? Why why does he get involved at all? And I think that's where he is letting in fear, right? We see the scene uh, where he and Mace Windu are aware that their ability to use the force has diminished because of the cloud of the dark side, particularly their ability to see the future, sense the future, make good decisions, has diminished. And they've got this conversation that's about fear. Like, mm-hmm. well, should we tell the Senate? Should we be open and honest? Like, no, our enemies will multiply. Like, yeah, you could look at that and go, solid strategy. But from a Jedi perspective, you could say, that's giving in to fear. What if somebody finds out I'm weak? Then they'll come for me, right? So mm-hmm. they're already in this in a place of fear. And then the Senate votes for the war. They don't believe in it um but Yoda and mace uh fear overstepping interfering or intervening with what the Senate decides right so that to me is another kind of fear of like we can't you know it, it's a really unprecedented time but we can't Jedi trying to insert themselves into politics looks like a power grab and we can't mm-hmm. do that that's a kind of fear of mm-hmm. I can't break the status quo so I'll go along with this and play it out um and then this gets a little bit more into to, at least for me headcanon because it hasn't been discussed or dealt with a ton directly that i'm remembering in star wars canon but like the war is that dooku a boy yoda trained, has fallen in is making others suffer so i think he found finds like some amount of guilt and responsibility uh, mm. of like i gotta i gotta defend people and i think that maybe clouds his decision making a, a little bit of going along with a war that he knows is not a good idea in his in his heart of hearts um and i think that what the clone wars animated series then really tells really well is that there's also this fear that the republic could fall and then maybe the jedi with them maybe there's arrogance that that could never happen but that's got to be a fear and the war slowly shifts from defense the early episodes they're doing things like stopping separatists from blowing up hospital freighters right Right. clearly defense to by the middle of the Clone Wars. the Jedi are in league with the Republic, you know, invading Umbara because it's a tactical planet and the mm-hmm. Umbarans don't want it. They're invading a planet against the yeah. will of the people. And there you can see, like, all these good motivations for getting in the war, but also these fear allow Yoda to slowly give into this fear and anger in a way that's happening so slowly that he doesn't see it happening. And that's his reckoning at the end of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what he's ultimately telling Ezra, of like, I didn't see it. It was happening really, really slowly. And in hindsight, I was utterly manipulated by this dark Lord to fight the battle in a way that benefited the dark Lord, not in a way that that stood up for the light, you know? And I think that's the advice that Yoda is giving Ezra of like, of course you have to fight the dark side. But you really have to think about how and you have to make sure that you're doing it in a pure way and you're not doing it in a way that's based on your fear of loss and you're not doing it in a way that accelerates anger, which is only going to help the dark side in the end.
5: Wonderful stuff, as, as always, and I love pulling this stuff out and applying it to our own lives, uh, and and uh, wondering, you know, to, again, to you all's question of, of how and, and understanding, you know, sure, life is long and you're going to continue to learn, but how? Uh, just listening to what you're saying, too, Justin, too, just this idea of fears—that word is is has a lot of different meanings. There's a lot of different kind of fear. And even at the beginning of what you're talking about is, is Yoda and the Jedi are, are in a spot where you, I don't want to even say damned if you do, damned if you don't. But a, to, to make a choice out of fear, not search for the hope, um, I've been in that spot of, well, I don't even want to do this job, but I guess I have to because I'll be broke. So I'm not even going to look at the other ways. I'm going to feed into this fear and take do something that's going to make me miserable and it turns out <laughs> does. And then you're then you're swimming in it. And you can't get out of it. And there's fear of going back, fear of moving forward, all those kind of wonderful things that I just think, uh, not wonderful things, um, um, examples of, of fear. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that of, of Yoda in that time, too, of like, uh, in combined with the hubris and the confidence he has. Oh, I understand how to, I understand how this works, 800 years of this. But they're in a spot where, well, I, I guess we better. There's we, 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 we don't have time to find another way. We don't have time to look for hope. We've just got to fight. And then the slow switch, and by then you're picking up on things that maybe you can't reverse, and you're lost, you're buried.
1: hmm
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the ultimate truth being that, yep, people had some legitimate concerns and mm-hmm. problems with the Republic. You know, they'd have been tied up in red tape, uh, partially just because that happens to organizations and partially because, you know, Sidious and Dooku are manipulating. Uh, but I think that's kind of the the the, the one of the important uh, perspectives of Padme of like, yeah, but we can work it out. We can sit down and talk. And mm-hmm. ultimately, this war isn't about anything. It's just a manipulation. And and I think that's got to be so crushing to Yoda of like, how did I end up fighting a war that truly, truly did not need to be fought?
5: Yeah. And then at the end of the day, to be like, oh, we made a huge mistake. <laughs> Throwing all the sitcom catchphrases from the late 90s <laughs> and the early 2000s. But yeah, I mean. And, did and, and I that's, do that, Yoda and, says, about war? <laughs> Uh, what you talking about, Yoda? No, like it's like that's got to be crushing. Just got to be crushing. And, and and to why this was the one that finally got him, you know, got him to to bite. Uh, it, it's catastrophic. It,
4: mm-hmm.
5: It's it's fatal to so much and so many. And and that's just got to be overwhelming.
4: Yeah. So then I think it makes a lot of sense that he's turning around to Ezra and saying, you know, you do you ha- you do have to fight. the The dark side controls everything, and you do have to fight. Yeah. But you know good young man find a way to truly stop the dark side defend the light without losing yourself you know
5: yeah it's tough any other thoughts I, I, it's tough yeah other stuff and that's why i love analyzing these star wars advice moments or life advice moments that um always maybe sometimes seem so clear and staring off into the two sunsets full of hope and dreams um uh talking at the end of rise of skywalker but uh it's always tough, and, and I love when a good character like Yoda struggles.
4: Yeah, yeah. So I think there's uh, so much to think about, such a great question, but the ultimate just justice for the Jedi answer, the real short answer for this <laughs> would be if anybody hasn't watched the end of that uh, that season six uh, Yoda arc uh, in a while, I think there are really a lot of great ideas and perspectives about this where Yoda realizes that he's slipped into, into complacency and, and needs to question the violence more. Yeah. I love that. All right. Great question. We're going to move on to another question from Twitter from uh, Rick Villanueva. Rick says, well, we had a galactic bake-off in the High Republic, but disregarding the rules of time, who wins in a cook-off, Dexter Jester or Porter Engel? Mm-hmm. And if they existed together, who's cooking would the Jedi choose to eat first? Ooh, ooh, very good question. Uh, I'm aware of the High Republic uh, comics bake-off. I have not read that issue
5: yet. Have you, Ken? I have not. I'm looking forward to that.
4: Yeah, I'm very excited uh, for the bake-off, but this is a, a great uh, headcanon imaginary bake-off, cook-off between Dexter Jetster and uh, and Porter Angle. I think they already uh, beat uh, uh, what is Strono Cookie Tugs.
5: <laughs> yes,
4: yes. Uh, so where do you go with this, Ken? We are a fan of both of these uh, yeah. delightful chefs.
5: Yeah, Rick, you're killing me here, uh, uh, Villanueva. You're killing me. These is too wonderful. I can't choose a winner here. Uh, I, I intentionally on my notes left it open. I was going to work through my math here to see what I thought. <laughs> uh, Ingles' nine-egg stew, uh, I was looking it up. I was, I was looking up the entry on <laughs> 9 Eggs stew. Uh, by the way, and I love a good breakfast. I don't know if this is a breakfast I would have. I don't know. Now that I actually looked at the, uh, the ingredients, um, a lot of different uh, things. I don't know. Uh, a stewy eggs mix is Maybe not on my list. So Porter, I love, I love you. And I've talked about this nine egg stew for so long. I've changed might change my tune on having to eat it, but it was edible by many species of Jedi and he knows what Jedi need. Um, Dexter offers comfort both in food and location, right? So it's a different kind of mm-hmm. style. Um, but I think uh, if I have to pick a winner of who wins in the cookoff, I think Porter Ingle wins because if he chooses to cook those moments that he's choosing to cook it is his focus where mm. dexter he's going to make a big uh, wonderful plate blts fries whatever space fries uh <laughs> space wedge fries but he's got so many and not that he's careless he clearly is good but i don't think you go to dexter just for the food where portal porter ingle porter chooses to cook it is just the food and he's focused and, it, and the focus is on you and how it helps you so i think porter wins <laughs> the cook yeah i
4: think uh uh, yeah th- there's no winner there this is a battle of taste I see I do see that Rick is saying who would the Jedi choose to eat first uh which yes. dish would they sample first so i'll I'll, I'll come back to that but mm-hmm. yeah in terms of the difference between them like uh I have sometimes uh, gone on to people about like sometimes you can compare something right like mm-hmm. you can maybe uh compare Pizza Hut and Domino's, right like yeah but then you, you get to that point where like if, if you go to like a ancient uh restaurant in the in the real world like let's say a restaurant that's been around for like a hundred years like Muzu and Frank and you get a burger there and then you go to McDonald's like they they're the same noun (laughs) (laughs) but they are not the same food they're not even trying to be the same food right like yeah the the the, the taste the construction the ingredients the location Mm -hmm. they're not the same thing and I feel like this is a little bit of Dexter Jester and Porter Engel I feel like Dexter Jetster cooks the greatest greasy diner food you've ever had. The kind where you're like, I can taste every other meal you made on the grill for the last 40 years in this one dish. And it is Indeed. greasy and rich and gross and beautiful all at the same time. Right. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Just amazing greasy spoon diner. And then I feel like Porter Engel is like, he 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 shopped at Whole Foods for all his ingredients, right? Like yeah. all those nine eggs, he he probably personally bought, you know, farm fresh or pulled them with the force out of an animal.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He went, he went to a farmer's market,
4: right? This is a high end. Yeah. Personally prepared, you know, organic meal from, from Porter Mm -hmm. angle. So I just feel like they're that that's what we're talking about. A great greasy diner and like a high end organic (laughs) farm to table (laughs) (laughs) meal personally, personally made for the group in small batches, you know, uh, oh, mm, mm. So very very different kind of meals, and I think for myself both great.
5: Yeah, and I was going to say the small small match. If if Ingles making nine eggs stew for that night, he's making it for that night. Dexter makes it on a Monday, and he has a vat of it till Friday. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, maybe the yeah. weekend. Maybe yeah, I think if you Saturday, get. But- if
4: you get nine egg stew from Dexter, like I think that's really like twenty seven egg, like because who knows which of the nine <laughs> made it into this batch, right? Indeed, indeed, mm. <laughs> there's some stuff in there. So mm. I think, uh, I think most Jedi are going to go with uh, Porter Engel first. I think they can taste the purity of his ingredients, like maybe even through the Force. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I can mm-hmm. taste. There's you know nothing unnatural. there are no preservatives in porter angles uh nine eggs do and then for the guilty pleasure for the treat they get the greasy diner uh dexter jester dish
5: yeah see i the way i kind of was breaking it down in my head is you know if you're at if you're hanging out with porter you're maybe a jedi temple maybe you're a jedi on a mission maybe you're a villager of that that local area but it's like a firehouse you're there and you take the rig down to the grocery store. Uh, Bob's going to make his special lamb. And that's, you're there for 24 hours and you're ready to work, but you have this bonding, bonding moment. Poor Ingalls made his stew for you and it's great. But I think Jedi, if they're going to, what they're going to go first, that's, that's work. They love going to Dexter <laughs> for so many other reasons. We've learned this from Kenobi and I, we know he's not the only one. We, he can't be the only one that's gone mm-hmm. there. So I think if... if if, if you just come up to them and be like nine egg stew from Porter or this greasy space burger, they're, they're going to go to Dexter first, even though they probably enjoy the nine egg stew a little bit more. Um, it's a diff- two different experiences. Yeah. Nine egg stew or Mustafar surprise. Who knows what yeah. it
4: is, but it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, if you're, if
5: you're a firefighter off duty, you're not going to go get Bob's lamb. You're going to go to Musso and Frank because you'll be back yeah. to work Monday.
4: Yeah, I think, I think Mace is, de- like, Mace Windu is definitely like, yes, I'm, I'm eating the healthy, organic, natural meal. And I think, like, <laughs> Quinlan Voss is like, eh, I need something that sticks to my ribs.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, some flapjacks and uh, grits down there at uh, the old Dexter Diner, like a <laughs> exactly, Waffle Exactly,
4: exactly. Well, thank you, Rick. Uh, this question has made me incredibly hungry. So let's hmm. take a break and, and finish this up. and we are back to continue discussing questions of the force we took two great questions from twitter and now we're going to patrons on patreon we're going first to michael gibbons And Michael says, if Sidious failed to gain control of the galaxy by becoming the Chancellor, do you think he would have aimed to control more planets through manipulation of trade Federation blockades like Naboo, or would he have tried something else entirely? I can't imagine giving him up. (laughs) Him giving up. (laughs) I cannot imagine that either. Uh, uh, Michael included a great gif of, of Sheev's smile. He's not giving up. Uh, Ken, this is a really fun what if. He m- does everything he does in The Phantom Menace, manipulates the situation. The vote goes up and what well, Ollie, <laughs> yeah. Ollie team wins.
5: Yeah, Ali team mm. wins. Yeah. Uh,
4: what do you think uh, is Sidious Palpatine's next move if he does not successfully get elected to chancellor? Is it more trade federation
5: blockades or something else? He's definitely not giving up. I, I think it's a combination of all that. But I definitely think if he is not chancellor and that was part of his plans. He's got to take the next chancellor down, but it's going to be slower and it's going to be a slow simmer. And so that include a lot of uh, political problems, you know, uh, that he's got they got to deal with. Um, and then um, I think he's going to buddy up to the chancellor first, because I think the end game, I don't know if he just goes to to an old style hit like a takeout and the ch- oh, oh Chancellor's dead. The spot's open. You look at what he did with the lorem. He could have had that done. He could have, but it was the vote of no confidence. It was the slow simmer. So I think he becomes that chancellor's best buddy. He's the center that this chancellor just leans on. It's kind of what he did with Anakin. It, it, it is, it is the muddying of the waters that the Sith do so good. The fall is not always quick. Uh, in fact that the quick falls even need look at, look at Anakin's that's this wonderful slow build. So yes, I think manipulation, more blockades, um, more disputes. He's not going to break out with a giant war yet, but he needs that position of power. He needs that false front to make all the other things happen. So I think it's a slow takedown by his new buddy, the chancellor.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he definitely, he's definitely not happy with Ali team. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I think definitely going to cause as much chaos as he can. Uh, maybe use the trade federation. I mean, I think the trade federation blockade of Naboo was definitely to cause uh, economic misery but also to put him palpatine as this uh, poor beleaguered figure you know a senator without a home because the trade federation has taken it and mm. you know the strong sympathy vote that he's hoping for if that didn't work i think he'd still manipulate trade federation and you know everybody else uh that he could work with the uh, you know the banking clan uh, the techno union uh all those groups the corporate alliance uh, to mm. cause as much Economic misery and red tape as possible because that makes ollie team look really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think he does that. But it's really fun to imagine him stewing. Would he? Would he? Would he be more direct in terms of getting the sympathy vote? With like, he mm-hmm. stage a fake assassination attempt on himself to right. get you know, like like he does in Revenge of the Sith. Like, I was injured, but I survived. I my resolve has mm-hmm. never been stronger. Like, would that get him? Where would he go? You know what? Fine. I my first choice. Is for me to be the the chancellor because I like power. But if that's going to be a pain in the ass, you know what? How about a puppet? Yeah. Uh So this is the incredibly weird what if was like this is a, around that time he's um, he is uh, getting Dooku lined up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if there would be a, a world where he's like, you know what? I could have Dooku lead the separatists. That's great, but like, he's a charming puppet that i control and that's what i need to rule the senate is a a charming puppet so is there a world where he's like instead of uh leading the separatists i'm gonna run dooku for the Mm. chancellor as this like you know a jedi Mm. so he's experienced and knowledgeable but hey uh tell me if this sounds familiar from the real world he's an outsider (laughs) (laughs) who understands how to get things done he's gonna shake up coruscant yeah. Vote for charming, retired Jedi Dooku to fix everything. And then he's just Palpatine's puppet.
5: Yeah. Mm, that works very well, unfortunately. Fortunately, it's a playbook, uh, a page for the playbook that works well. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah go I'm, go for I'm, it. I'm Sorry, I'm just playing that one out. And it's like, does Eve at that point... You know, I think he he still might need the Clone War. He still might need to push oh, yeah. for that, so he'd find the way to get there. But yeah, to flip it around, um, yeah, I don't know who subs for Dooku on that other side, but uh, he's uh, he, he'd find a way. I like that idea.
4: Yeah, probably not Grievous. I don't think Grievous quite has the the political charm needed to
5: <laughs> vote for me,
4: <laughs> or I will kill you all. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not. <laughs> Not a great button. Not a great slogan, but probably what Grievous would say. But no, I mean, I think that's so vital to the story of the prequels and the story of Star Wars is that in order to scare people into handing over all of their power to him because he will allegedly make them safe and strong, he needs Mm -hmm. an other uh, for the, the Senate and for the people of the Republic to be frightened of. So I think he... If, if either he finds somebody else to to be in charge of the separatists or he finds some other way to create that illusion of the scary other.
5: Yeah, indeed. And and going back to even just the Phantom Menace, it, it was such a long play even up to that point. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, to watch him get, a, get away with it, uh, with that vote of no confidence is just so, so dangerously subtle. Yeah, you could call for a vote of no confidence. Aww. One and of my, my favorite Yoda line cracks. deliveries. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, A uh, great question. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on to our final question, Ken?
5: No, no, it, it's, it's kind of scary to try to get in the mind of uh, Sidious Palpatine, but, you know. It really stuff. is. Mm-hmm. I,
4: th- the last thing I, that, I, that I think of is just a weird thing to call funny, but, like, would he ever just go get so frustrated, just, like, lots of assassinations? <laughs>
5: Well, yeah, 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 yeah. We had that conversation last week about what's his true face and the unlimited power being the final. Inv- oh, I can just breathe. I can be myself. What do you, what do you, what do you push that up <laughs> in any way, shape or form? Not even with Anakin, which is like, ah, all right, I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah, I've been doing some reading
4: and these Sith people had a lot of good ideas. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be very funny. All right, a great question. Thank you, Michael. Lots of different ways to go with that. We're going to go to our final question uh, from Andrew Holmes. Andrew says, "Hi team. The sassy Owen meme that is currently going around is just bringing me so much joy and has really renewed the Star Wars meme game for me. What is your go-to favorite Star Wars meme?" Uh so that's Andrew's question. Ken, I will tag on to that. Are you enjoying the Sassy Owen meme and are you seeing it around a lot?
5: I am. I do enjoy it. Uh I don't participate in a lot of memes or meme culture. I, I come in and I don't know if we count uh gifs or gifs, depending on your side of that argument. Uh the ad at, at ATAT of the uh tech world. Um <laughs> I I don't, you know, I just kind of a, a passive observer these days and but I really love the the Anakin, uh or excuse me, the, the Owen uh, uh, Kenobi moment about Anakin. It's really funny, and I'm always needing that reminder that Star Wars, it's okay to to have some fun with it and laugh with it, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, for me, probably why I'm enjoying the sassy Owen one, is that that fun thought experiment to find, like, who else can he throw that in, in yeah. their face, right? Of the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, like you trained so-and-so, or like you did so-and-so, like, oh, like you used the high ground there, like, yeah. Uh, very funny. Cause I think it is a way to hopefully, I feel like, I feel like people enjoyed that moment. So it's not like the somehow Palpatine returned, which mm-hmm. I think for me is a valid moment in the film. And I also understand why people find it funny. But often when I see the, uh, somehow Palpatine returned meme, I both enjoy it and don't. Yes. <laughs> because I feel like yeah. it's often coming from a, a place of criticism and not a place of fun. And I'm so enjoying the sassy Owen meme because meme, I feel like it's really all the ones that I have seen is coming are coming from a place of fun. Like that was, you know, a great, you know, absolute burn on Obi-Wan, incredibly harsh, delivered in a sassy way. Yeah. Now who else can he sass for fun? <laughs> and you know, and it makes you look at other moments in Star Wars differently, which is fun.
5: And, and by the way, that trailer cut is not fair to the actual moment. Like it turned it into a, ooh, but you watch the scene; it's a different. Kenobi just stares right back at him before looking away. Yeah. No,
4: I was really, really uh, intrigued to see. Like, is that the cut? And the, the trailer cut is different than the actual show, right? Because the trailer cut is like Obi Wan can't even. Uh, keep eye contact with him he's been yeah. burned so badly right it's it's the the trailer cut is a little over the top and it's not yep. that over the top in the actual it's the not. actual show
5: it's not but history will not record that as the actual thing it will record the meme
4: yep exactly exactly yeah. uh so then with uh, sassy owen celebrated here on forest center uh let's move on to andrew's actual question do you have a favorite star wars memes or jokes uh i guess i guess it's two different questions and you kind of touched on it uh, there are jokes uh and then there's memes which are specific like let's here is a moment here is a structure uh and we change it uh, up in this uh, you know very specific way that makes it a meme uh how how do you feel about memes in general are are, are you not as sure about them am i
5: sensing <laughs> i don't enjoy i don't i don't enjoy them <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I've never I it's the it's it's like puns for me. It's just like I get it. I got it. And some of them are funny, but like you know what it is? It's not that like first so I really do love the Anakin Padme uh one that went around recently, oh, right? Yeah. That yes. one tick that one tickles me. It's really fun. But I, the the flip side is that the somehow came back. But like Brian Ward's done some hilarious somehow blanks came back ones like yep. I, it, it's again all the it's the intention. Um yeah, but 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 overall, yeah, I I, I think what it, it's not so much the the memes that that upset me, it's that three years after one of them emerges, I'll get a text from a friend, "Hey, you like Star Wars?" Man. and I'll be like, "Dude." Like that's literally three years ago. Stop, stop <laughs> it, stop it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to be uh, Luke uh, grumpy at the beginning of the Last Jedi about it. Yeah, I don't. I, that's why I just don't engage with them as much. And some of them, again, the Anakin Padman one really had me laughing. I enjoyed one of the ones I listened to. I did enjoy one, one that popped up. That's not. It's 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 a meme, but it's I've not seen it reused in other contexts but uh, Luke Skywalker hide- and seek champion 1983 to 2015 I mm-hmm. I was like that's funny to me um but uh other than that yeah it's it's a it's a fun discussion I don't know you just you opened a can of grumpy you didn't mean no, to
4: I understand I understand I mean I, I think the thing for me is is what is strong about memes can also to me sometimes be a weakness is that they are a joke structure and mm-hmm. um, a lot of times to me in, in crafting comedy, uh it, it isn't you know the joke that is hard the laugh line that's hard to come up with it's the framing of it and the structure of it of like mm-hmm. you see something that's funny but then like how do i frame it so it's fresh um or how do i get into it so people really see what i think is funny about this moment the framing of it can sometimes be the most difficult part and what memes are is a way of like hey everybody here's the frame now just go put in your joke and yeah. when that works People come up with amazing jokes, and they actually the comedy actually builds on it, right? Because you're so familiar with the frame, you're really intrigued by what else could be put in this frame. And then sometimes, in in at least for me, the the times when I don't like memes, it's because they become plug and play, and they aren't they lose their soul because it's not a person putting their own perspective in. It's just plug and play, and like I I see that in the lifespan of a meme. Like uh, (laughs) I really really enjoyed. And participated in the Kenobi trailer when Kenobi's got the Binox up and, and then lowers them mm. in shock. And it's perfect meme structure, right? You got the yeah. first picture, then what is it he looking at? And then here's his funny reaction. Yeah. And in the lifespan of that meme, you can see people add really, really funny things uh, that speak to their other interests or, you know, their perspective on something. Uh, and then by, like, day three, it's just, like, plug and play of just, like... Yeah. I don't know. I'll put a a ham sandwich. I don't know. Put anything in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: and it loses any it loses its spark. It does. It does. It does. Uh, we're getting into yeah. Yeah. You you have these you do, as as always, a wonderful uh answer. And I'm like, bleep off. Um <laughs> just, uh, more the dynamic. But uh yeah, no, because it is uh, it is fun. But that 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 Kenobi one was funny too. And I I but also I love that Star Wars has that stuff. Uh mm-hmm. it, it should um you know, again, go on. I, I, I'm not just mentioning something, not, not the only one that comes to mind, but the Anakin Padme one was a gift that kept on giving because it just, you could use it to tell, make great points. Yeah. Well, and
4: because that, because the, the Star Wars is the framing mm-hmm. and the comedy, the joke for all those comes from a frustration that people have, right. Of yeah. like, I can't even think of a, a great example, but like, you know, I think I've seen one that's one of my own, personal annoyances of like so uh so you're you're gonna add a all the credits to the end of a streaming show right like yes uh and you're gonna let people watch the the, <laughs> the credits and not immediately jump past them right you're gonna let people watch the credits right like so yeah star wars is a framing device the joke is and the issue is mm-hmm. with streaming shows that you know jump to the next episode don't let you watch so i think that one was really fun because it's like get to see Anakin and Padme again and again and again, and again but the joke's nine times out of ten we're not about star wars
5: no 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 mm-hmm. yeah
4: along that line a meme i really enjoyed it was the uh grumpy bernie sanders at the inauguration
5: <laughs> yes. and i
4: particularly enjoyed him in that grumpy little pose you know the the initial image is funny because we think of inauguration as a thing that of pomp and circumstance and mm-hmm. here he is alone just like i i you know looking looking grumpy and like he's yeah. just at like a his grandson's football game. (laughs) Yeah. It's a Um, Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Uh, but then I, I really like the image of him like that on the Jedi council. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that makes some amount of sense uh, to have grumpy, uh, a grumpy person on the Jedi council. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then to actually answer Andrew's question after exploring, uh, the idea of memes a little bit, um, I, I really like uh, a lot of the hello there, uh, general Kenobi ones in particular, I'm um, big fan of that Christopher Robin uh, Winnie the Pooh movie, so I love the one that's Hello There, and then General Kenobi, and it's Pooh with a bunch of lightsabers. Right, right. That is, that is a great one for me. Uh, any other uh, examples for you?
5: Well, you know, uh, um, no, because I started listing uh, gifts I use a lot. <laughs> I do like communicating with gifts. So I, I love, uh, 3PO, uh, dancing. What is it? It's almost like a Muppet show or something where it's just like yeah. him dancing. That one has multi-uses for me. <laughs> multi-uses. just that like either like I'm ignoring it and I'm just dancing along or silliness or anything. I use that one a lot on, uh, on text messages and the Kenobi visible confusion one. It works well.
4: Visible Confusion 1, yeah. For talking gifts, I think the two of my favorites are uh, Obi-Wan sneaking on board Padme's ship in Revenge of the Sith and casually closing the door with his hand. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it by itself, and I like it when there's a nope on the door. <laughs> yep, yep. Nope. And perhaps my favorite Star Wars GIF that I, I'm possibly guilty of overusing, so I've been trying to back off, is the uh, Yoda falling off of Luke's uh, feet on Dagobah and doing the, whoa! It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a cane, mm-hmm. but it's on a loop. I like Yoda that. constantly falling. Um, yeah. it, it, it's an older meme but it checks out uh, the, and it went around briefly it was both a joke and in meme format I really like the framing in The Last Jedi of Chewie being the cool uncle who is dropping Rey off to see her difficult questionable boyfriend <laughs> at Kylo Ren and then coming back to pick her up when she's done
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> that yeah. is always a favorite of mine Yeah, true love it yeah. alright uh, thank you very much Andrew for letting us uh, wrap up this episode with some fun and some levity and uh, some patented force center grumpiness. You're not alone in being grumpy, Ken. I just, I just framed my grumpiness in an academic way, but it is grumpy. There's some memes I like and some that I get, I get frustrated with the plug and play nature. Of of what a meme is.
5: Look, it's it's this is why I'm failing at social media. My career is at a standstill. I just I have so much trouble engaging now. It's so it's so bad. I've got and it's it's you know I was talking about change. You got to change. You got to find your place and change all those things. I got to find my place in uh, meme culture. That's that's what I got to do.
4: I think sometimes your place in change is just saying not for me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'm too old for for this
4: meme. Yeah, Uh, it's not for me. Mm. But uh, there you go. uh, But we do enjoy plenty of them, and hopefully, Andrew, uh, that we got to share some of the ones that we enjoyed, and the Sassy Owen one is high up there. I I hope the Sassy Owen one keeps rolling, and I hope we get some more uh, Sassy Owen content before Obi-Wan Kenobi television Mm -hmm. show is done. Uh, So we have one other thing that we want to do on this episode of Questions of the Force. This isn't a question. This is a statement of the Force. Uh, So a while back, uh, when we were really thinking about um, a lot of the negativity that can happen in the community, and in particular, uh, I think, uh, bagged actors who are negative on purpose to get clickbait, you know, yeah. which which yeah. is different to me than a, than a fan truly wrestling with something they don't like. Um, we're feeling real aware of that negativity, and we're saying, like, well, what, what else can we do to just encourage people? Um, to focus on stuff they love and celebrate it. And we put out a call uh, a while back on Patreon uh, for a segment we called Power of the Light Side, where we just asked people to share a short thing that they loved about Star Wars. It was a moment, a character, an idea, whatever. And uh, at Star Wars Celebration, uh, a couple of listeners mentioned like, hey, we would love to share some more of those uh, can you put out a fresh call? So put out mm-hmm. a fresh call on, on Patreon. If you're one of our patrons on Patreon, uh, check it out uh, on, under the post section. And if you have something you'd like to share, we'll share them here on the questions of the Force show. So with that in mind, uh, here is our power of the light side. Uh, this uh, is, here we go. I'm going to read it. Sure. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. This is Admiral Raddus of the Rebel Alliance. This is Jedi Master, Avar Chris. Help is on the way. I love that in Star Wars, the truest heroism is the kind that declares itself in moments that give us goosebumps. It's not enough to believe in something. You have to speak up and make a stand and declare your purpose, even if doing so puts an enormous target on your back. And I also love that Star Wars is broad enough and deep enough to suggest that, whether out of hubris or necessity, no one is capable of doing this all the time. Sometimes even the greatest of rebels and the greatest of Jedi can be real heroes, but not entirely true heroes. And with that come consequences it gives this galaxy a richness and complexity that has sustained my fandom for almost 40 years. Uh, Ken, what are your thoughts on this great entry to power of the light side?
5: Man, it's, it's uh it hits me on a lot of levels of, of why, why we keep coming back. Um, and those chill moments, those chill moments, but where they come from, where they build, just especially when you pull into the story, uh, um, coming here to take that stand, coming here to choose hope, coming here to give up yourself. Uh, it, it's time and time again, just plays itself out. I love the use of the Avar Chris one here. Cause uh, I think we can go to the standards that we've lived with mm-hmm. for so long, but that's one that's brand new and it adds to that. Um, and, and, uh, and doing it uh, no matter what uh, the risk is, no matter the consequences. Uh, it's just part of the uh, Star Wars thing. And, and the Admiratus one that I always, always reference, it just moves me because I was uh, wanted that moment when I was seven, you know, in a different way. Like uh, I was fascinated with it and, and to see it just on screen of this is the Rebel Alliance and, and this is their their stand. that That's why we keep coming back. So you can engage with it on that Star Wars level. You can engage with it on your, on your real life level too, which is uh, why we're here, why we're here time and time again
4: absolutely and this uh power of the light side came to us from Jonathan Kenneth so Jonathan thank you uh, for sharing this and thank you for being so eloquent about what it means i love that Jonathan includes the the power of these moments this declaration of mm. I, I i have come here i am taking this risk i am here to help uh but also that there is a cost and that it, it it's not easy it kind of goes to our yoda conversation about like is, as great of a person as you can be, you have to, you know, keep working and keep finding mm-hmm. the strength to keep fighting the battle. And that's what makes it noble. You know, yeah. it's not just like, Hey, I've I hit the video game button and I chose the light side and now everything's a breeze. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's difficult every, every time. And I really relate to this. I really love the collection of quotes. Um, I think I've mentioned this before uh, the, the comic book that really got me hooked on comic books when I was uh, a young person was the, Titans run by Marv Wolfman and, and George Perez. And um, there's a, re- a really uh, powerful, uh, famous uh, uh, arc and uh, where all the Titans uh, get captured. They've been betrayed uh, from the inside by one of their own. And it looks like everything is lost. And it's uh, actually the, the first issue uh, that, that featured Dick Grayson, Robin's new identity as Nightwing. And... I had a hard time finding the comic even uh, because at that point I was just getting them at Seven Elevens. But that issue is called there shall come a Titan. And I didn't understand it as a kid, but it made me tear up as a kid and I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even understand it. You know, I was a little embarrassed by it. Like, why did that make me like weep? Um, But it's because of exactly what Jonathan is talking about. That spirit of when, when everything might seem lost when people are, at their lowest and they desperately need help that somebody else would show up and say "the the battle is not over. I'm here. I am. I'm hope personified in this moment. Cause I'm, I'm giving hope to somebody who really needs it in this moment.
5: Mm, yeah, Absol- oh, absolutely. So
4: powerful, great stuff. Thank you very much uh, for sharing Jonathan. And thank you to everyone for our questions this week. You've all Rick, Michael and Andrew. Uh, if you want to ask, questions uh we have uh, a good list going on our twitter feed for at force center pod and it is our pinned tweet we got some good uh, obi-wan kenobi ones there so we'll get caught up to everything uh, to the very best of our ability same thing on patreon if you're a patron just scroll down in those posts and you'll find our prompt for questions and our prompt for power of the light side but for now, Ken, do you want to let people know where else they can find us?
5: Absolutely. We are Force Center Podcast. We're on Twitter, Force Center Pod. You can use the hashtag Force Center if you want to join any conversation with us there. Uh, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a whole lot more. Just search. You'll find us. And if you can, leave us a rating or review if it is possible on your uh, favorite podcast location. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. you can follow me at Kednapsock or go to my website If you like music i have a show called pop rocket radio on mixcloud get over there and join the live rock and pop party joseph where can they find you
4: Yeah, you can find me all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at josephscrimshot. And you can check out all my other adventures on my website, josephscrimshot.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Porter Engel's Nine Eggs Stew, this has been Force Center.